This is the Santita Jackson Show. Welcome to the Santita Jackson Show. It's a joy to be with you today, Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. I hope that you will come to the MLK Breakfast at the Marquee, at the Marriott Marquee on 22nd Street. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of feedback here, and we're going to work that out. Hey, everybody, it's a joy to be with you, the Push Excel MLK Breakfast. Please go to 773-FREEDOM, 773-FREEDOM. And get your tickets, and not that many left. It's going to be a great, 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 great breakfast. Um, and um, I'm really glad to be with you today. We've got a lot to talk about. Did you know that in the wake of George Floyd's murder, and I'm coming to you from WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station, and AM 950 Radio, the voice of Progressive Minnesota, Morning Stars, over on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. Please like and share, like and share. If you're on the Santita Jackson and Friends page, and that's the only page I've got, please, please, please like and share, like and share the show. Did you know that last year there was a record number of U.S. police killings? 100 people per month, three per day. In the wake of George Floyd, more Americans were killed by police than ever before, and most of those killed were black. So we're going to be talking with attorney Ben Crump and attorney C.K. Hoffler about that at the bottom of the hour. And then we're going to be looking at these, you know, it seems like there's a lot of accountability. It seems like that's the order of the day. Um, You now, uh, we're going to see what's going to happen in Georgia. Fonnie Willis, brilliant attorney who is, uh, who's been investigating the Trump election meddling. We're going to see if there will be charges brought. But now, uh, and we're looking at Mar-a-Lago, we're still looking at those classified documents. Then we find that President, then Vice President Biden had documents, classified documents that were not just innocuous. Of course, he had some personal stuff in that room in, with the documents, but he also had documents about Ukraine. What is up with Ukraine, everybody? Why is everybody there? Why is everybody concerned about it? And this was years ago. Ukraine, the U.K., and Iran. So accountability is it. And, of course, Republicans have pounced upon it. But, you know, it's as John Nichols said yesterday, it is serious. So you want to investigate it all. This really goes beyond party, everybody. You want to keep those kinds of documents safe, and you want to know why people might hold on to them. So we got a lot to talk about today, but Ben Crump at the bottom of the hour. And so we're going to be talking about all of these police killings in the United States of America. In Chicago, scattered showers today, 46 degrees. Minneapolis, St. Paul, 33 degrees. Snow and scattered sleet. The NFL was dormant last night. In the NBA, the Bulls will be playing the Wizards tonight. And the Timberwolves will be playing the Pistons. In the NHL, the Rangers for the Wild Three. Can you believe this? Chicago is more congested than L.A. and New York. Yeah, it's the most congested city in the country. It's not L.A. It's not New York. You will spend more time in traffic, stuck up to 156 hours, okay? You're going to spend more time in traffic in Chicago than you will in Los Angeles and New York. Shocking, but true. And since they've closed down that... uh uh, now that they've relegated all of the, the traffic in, in, as we're building the Obama Center over to uh, Stony Island and Lakeshore Drive, it's really getting down Lakeshore Drive is now a hot mess. Oh, 
school. In recent months, back-to-back extreme weather like floods, tornadoes, and hurricanes, according to the CNN report, have caused catastrophic damage across the U.S., costing at least $165 billion in the last year alone. Scientists are saying the fingerprints of climate change are all over these weather disasters, and they underscore our urgency to deal with it, everybody. At least 17 people have died in California as a result of the winter storms that have battered the state, according to Gavin Newsom, the governor of the state. From north to south in the Golden State this week, heavy downpours have caused mudslides, sinkholes, and desperate rescues. Ukrainian troops are set to begin training on the Patriot missile system in the United States. As soon as next week, according to the Pentagon, the training program will take place at Fort Sill in Oklahoma, where the U.S. conducts its own training on operating and maintaining the advanced air defense system. The military's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for troops has been officially rescinded. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin said in a memo Tuesday night, the requirement to remove the mandate was viewed as a win for conservative lawmakers who argued that it was hindering the military's recruitment efforts, although Pentagon officials maintained there was no evidence to support the claim. What do you believe, everybody? After Southwest Airlines experienced a meltdown that scuttled holiday travel plans for hundreds of thousands of travelers, Federal officials said that they are now acting uh, on thousands of complaints from Southwest customers. And guess what? They also promoted executives after this historic meltdown. Some people saying they're just mocking uh, Secretary Pete Buttigieg. What do you think, everybody? And several grocery items are getting more expensive, but nothing comes close to the rise in egg prices, everybody. The price increases are linked to a deadly avian flu. That's been a problem in the United States for several months now, causing widespread egg shortages. And those are just some of the headlines on the Santita Jackson Show. Pastor Vicki Johnson, I'm going to be joining you at the Lutheran School of Theology on Monday, along with Dwight McKee. You've got a brilliant panel. I just hope that I can hold my own with all these brilliant, brilliant minds as we commemorate the life and the works of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, of course, she is the pastor of the St. Thomas Lutheran Church at 80th and Jeffrey here in Chicago. How you doing today? I am doing well. What about you, Santita? I am doing great. I'm doing great. And I need some good news. I really, really do. <laughs> All right. Well, good morning to you. And I'm going to continue to say Happy New Year to you and your morning stars and friends. There is good news. I have found that God speaks and moves, not only in cathedrals, temples, chapels, mosques, synagogues, shrines, and sanctuaries, but God speaks and moves all around us in big and small ways, through children, CTA drivers, carpenters, car wash operators, cooks, and congressmen, God speaks. While watching television, a commercial came on. I don't recall the product they were pitching, but God spoke to my heart in the closing line, which said, keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. 
upon hearing this, my mind had a flashback to when I took the church youth department roller skating. I had taken them on many occasions and watched and laughed, smiled at them as they fell down and whizzed around the rink. But this particular time, they convinced me to put on skates and get involved in the action. Mind you, I had not skated since I was a teen at the (laughs) Hyde Park YMCA at the Hyde Park YMCA on 53rd and Blackstone. And even then, I was never good at roller skating. So here I am now, an adult, with skates on and scared out of my wits. The kids hollered out encouraging words as they whizzed by me. Come on, you can make it. Don't stop. Keep going. Well, as they had whizzed around me at least 10 laps, 20 minutes later, I completed one lap around the rink, and I received a rousing ovation. I remember this occurrence so vividly because I was in a situation that I was very uncomfortable with. I was doing something that I was not good at. And not only that, but I was doing it in front of other people. But I received the encouragement of the children. And based upon that, I decided to keep moving forward. As we are in the midway point of this first month of this new year, I want to be your cheerleader today. I want to encourage you to keep moving forward. You may be doing what you've always done and are a little weary. Keep moving forward. You might be embarking on a new venture and seem to have hit a brick wall already. Keep moving forward. Or all might be going well. Whatever the case, keep moving forward. It might take you longer like me on skates, but if you keep moving forward, even with baby steps, you will reach your goal. Isaiah, the 40th chapter and the 29th verse says, God gives power to the faint and to those who have no might, God increases strength. Keep moving forward. You will make it. If you will do this, and I'm sure that you will, then to me, that's good news. Amen. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Cross that finish line. You might not be first, but if you cross it, you're a winner. (laughs) You are a winner. Yes. Uh, Pastor Vicki Johnson, on Monday, is this event open to the public? 
this event is open to the public. Um, we ask that you register because lunch is involved. But at first, we're having a worship service honoring Dr. King and Chicago. Pastor Reginald Sharp, the pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church, will be the speaker. And then at 1.30 p.m., we will have a panel discussion with lunch that will feature Santita Jackson, Dwight McKee, June Porter, and Dr. Richard Perry, as we look at where do we go from here. And the Lutheran School of Theology is at 1100 East 55th Street in Chicago. If you go to lstc.edu, then you can find the event and register for it. But even if you don't register, just come. It's going to be great. Absolutely. Looking forward to being with you, Pastor Vicki Johnson. Of course, St. Thomas Lutheran Church, what time is your worship service on Sunday? 11.30 a.m. 11.30 a.m. You can catch us on Facebook Live or you can attend at 8000 South Jeffrey Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois. We'd love to have you. Amen, amen, amen. I love it, I love it, I love it. We've got Dr. Shanina Knighton with us talking about infection prevention, talking about our health. It seemed that you were really struck yesterday as we were talking about the relaxers and um, and the link between hair relaxers and, um, and uterine cancer. But you have been telling us for some time, and I felt that it bared repeating today, that we need to watch what we eat, what we put on our bodies, and so many things. I think we just... Because everything smells so nice, we assume that it's nice to our bodies, and that's just not true. What, I mean, what are some of the things, like, give me a couple of things, two or three things that we need to watch out for. Is it lotion? Is it it relaxers? Is it hair grease? Good morning, Santita. So it's anything. And when I Mm. say anything... It's interesting that you brought up those fragrances, right? Because everything that smells good is not good for you. And we don't think about that from the standpoint of if I'm breathing in something, what I'm breathing in because I think it smells good could actually be giving me lung cancer. Mm-hmm. And I'm not aware, for example, that here it is, it's impacting my lungs negatively, even though I like the fragrance or the scent of it. That is a problem common with candles. It is a problem that's common with body sprays and perfumes is that we don't understand. And the thing is, is one of the simplest things that people can do is they can Google what are the harmful ingredients in my body wash, in my body spray, in my candles, in my scented candles. Nothing's wrong with the wax in the candles, but the minute that you start adding in all of those other chemicals to preserve it, you start adding in chemicals in order for it to smell a certain way, that then becomes the problem because that's what's permeating in the air. So you say to yourself, oh, I want my house to smell good, but then you're dealing with that as issue. So unfortunately, one of the things that we don't think about is what it is that we're inhaling. That also comes to household products. Many people look up now and they're saying to themselves, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that there are so many cleaning products, and on top of it being so many cleaning products, there's been like this silent but forward push of all of these natural products that's been hitting the market, right? So it might say natural dishwasher. I mean, yeah, it might say natural hand soap, and it might say, oh, free from all of these ingredients or only made with five ingredients. 
that push for that now is because of exactly what was missing yesterday, us knowing that some of these chemicals and some of this stuff has been causing tumors and cancer and all kinds of stuff for years, but it takes lawsuits and it takes people to actually blow the whistle and make sure that people understand how harmful these things are in order for manufacturers and these companies to change. So consumers is what demanded people, to, what demanded these companies to start coming up with other products because that's where the market was moving to. I was also bringing up yesterday, so I just mentioned like being able to breathe in stuff is harmful. We also, when I said we got to look at ingredients and see that many people don't want to hear this, but you know, people love bread, right? But don't think about that spongy bread being having some of the same ingredients as a yoga mat. And I can give you an example, which is a, it's an ingredient called azodicarbonamide. Not expecting anybody to remember that, but if you look up ingredient in yoga mats and ingredient in bread, it's going to give you the ingredients that's common in both of them. Now, somebody might say, okay, so what, a little bit of yoga mat not going to hurt. But if you're a person that's got asthma, and it's telling you that that particular ingredient can flare you up and trigger your allergies or trigger your asthma, you're looking at what it is that you're eating, and you say, well, how is this equating to my health? Those are common things that happen where people don't even realize that certain foods, because of the ingredients, is triggering a reaction. Well, so well let me good. then let me ask you this. Are yeah. there any tests that you can take with your doctor where you find out what chemicals trigger asthma or, or some kind of, of, or some kind of sickness in you? Well, that's the thing. Some of this stuff, it, it might not even necessarily be that you asking a doctor to tell you what's going to trigger it, because we may not necessarily have the test to be able to uh, mm. trigger it. Okay. Because it is something. It's on the radar, but people are not looking for it. That's a prime example that we can bring up with the COVID test. So a COVID test didn't have to exist until COVID was on the radar as a problem. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that would be how this would be in that situation. Of the minute that somebody starts testing based off of certain chemicals, they're testing off of those certain chemicals just simply based off of the fact that somebody raised a fuss about it and it became a, a widespread thing. Similar to how you were talking about talcum powder yesterday. Oh, yeah. I mean, just all these things that we were told that would, you know, that would keep you fresh, ladies. You understand that. You find out down the road um, that they make you sick. Um, relaxers. I mean, and just even my mother was, my mother and father were talking about their college days. Of course, they met and married in college. Did you know that this was 60 years ago? They would, they, the tobacco companies, and of course they were in North Carolina, and what did they grow in North Carolina? Tobacco. They had, they would give you free cigarettes on the campus. And my mother said a puff or drag of a cigarette was all that you wanted. She said, but then it got to a point where you really, where you wanted your own cigarette, and then you wanted your own pack. She smoked for like 30 years and then stopped. Um... And it just it seems like these these companies. I've got less than a minute. This, I think they push you. This is, I mean, cigarettes are more addictive than heroin. That's why you have a smoking cessation program at Northwestern University because people need that kind of help. When people are trying to get off cigarettes, it's like trying to get off drugs. Doctor Knighton, you got less yeah, than a minute. The, yeah, but that's the thing, Santita. 
these companies have been able to prove data or quote unquote, let's say present safety data that something was safe. But you have to remember if I come up with something over time, I might've been testing it in the lab. I might've been testing it among small groups of people. It's not until you make it through the general population of youth and you look at the long-term effects over time that you recognize that it's a problem. And by that time, there's not enough gatekeepers as well as processes in place that's done to ensure that it is sustaining safety over time. And that's the thing that we have to recognize is that when we decide to put something in our bodies, are we looking at something that's been sustained over time? Or are we all taking a risk in understanding that we don't understand the long-term effects of anything? And that's why I tell people, be the CEO of your health because you have to do it cautiously because we don't know what we don't know. Okay. We don't know what we don't know. Take care of yourselves. Hey, Dr. Nina, that's her handle. Coming up, Ben Crump on the Santita Jackson Show. Why are more people being killed by police in the United States than ever before? Let's talk about it. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show. It is Wednesday, January 11th, January 11th, 2023. I am Santita Jackson coming to you from WCPT, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station. We were Air America. Now we are the Heartland Signal. But WCPT and AM 950 Radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota, January 26th, we have our mayoral debate. You don't want to miss it. All of the candidates will be there. That's certainly the top tier and people are confirming every day. So you don't want to miss that. And the MLK breakfast, the Push Excel breakfast, call 773-FREEDOM and get those tickets. They're about sold out. We want you to be there. Uh, We're going to be talking about police violence. There's a tremendous study that shows that more more Americans were killed by police last year than at any time in history. 100 per month, three per day. And the Lancet study, one of the most prestigious medical journals in the world coming out of England, says that, well, you know what, it's it's even worse than that. Most of these shootings, these killings go unreported, and most of the people who are killed are black. We've got, of course, the brilliant legal eagle, the champion of the people, uh, Attorney Benjamin Crump, who's with us today, brought to us by Madam President, the former president of the largest and oldest black bar association in the world, legal analyst for Court TV and chair of Rainbow Push, attorney C.K. Hoffler. But before we get to you, very quickly, we got to get, you know, C.K., you might be in town soon, but Shapiro, you going to make something for C.K.? Absolutely, Santito. Yes, we are working here at Celebrations by Us. And C.K., when you come in town, we got your mac and cheese and we got your your uh, salmon and whatever you need. So give us a call at 708-526-4546, 708-526-4546. We're gearing up for the Super Bowl, so we're taking your orders for your wings, your party wings, your honey barbecue wings, your uh, teriyaki wings, your garlic parmesan, whatever it is that you need, as well as also your sliders, your sandwiches, and your meatballs. So give us a call at 708-526-4546. 
708-526-4546. We look forward to serving you, and thank you so much, Santita. Absolutely. Hey, everybody, these are the headlines. What are we doing wrong? U.S. police killed a record number of people in 2022. From The Guardian, it says it never stops. Killing by U.S. police reached record high in 2022. Now, we thought we had some kind of reckoning, Attorney C.K. Hoffler, as we bring on Attorney Ben Crump. But let's you know, it's very quickly. Wow. Three people per day, 100 per month. Yikes. <laughs> Attorney C.K. Hoffler, and the first person we thought of was Attorney Ben Crump. Ben Crump. Absolutely. You know, Santita, um, it is astounding. It is astounding. But if there's one person in the world, not in this country, in the world, that has changed the face and how we address police brutality, it is my friend, the great attorney, past president of the National Board. I call him Mr. President, Ben Mm -hmm. Crump. He's extraordinary. He's exceptional. He's brilliant. He's passionate. He's compassionate. And he is the people's attorney, without a question. And I say that because I've seen him in action. I remember Ben Crump before people didn't know on TV who he was, but we knew who he was because he was an extraordinary trial lawyer. What people forget is that he's an extraordinary trial lawyer. When you fight for people the way he does, you have to be able to back it up and go into court and say, look, I'm going to do what I have to do to represent being a strong advocate. So he is the attorney who has more represented more people who are victims of police brutality than we've seen in modern-day history. He's had more of an impact. The White House recognized it. The people recognized it. The administration, the judges, everybody recognized that Ben Crump has made a difference. And so it's such an honor today, even though we're discussing a, a, a difficult topic, oh to my have gosh. my friend Ben Crump on to comment on something that he lives and breathes every single day. And I can tell you, it is not always easy to walk in his shoes because he gives so much and so much. 100%. I mean, in 2020, this article says um, the year George Floyd was killed, 1,152 people. In 2021, 1,145. Why the jump in 2022? Have we dropped our guard, Attorney Crump? Absolutely, Ms. Jackson. And I want to say to my mentor, uh, C.K. Hoffa, thank you for always encouraging me, uh, even when we're dealing with all this injustice and this death and grief, is people like uh, my sheroes and heroes who motivate me to fight. Yet, yeah, regardless of the obstacles and regardless of how much they say we can't change, I think about people like CK. I think about people like Reverend Jackson, and I know that we can make a better world for our children. And uh, with that, Ms. Jackson, I say to this report that I've been asked frequently about is, you know, when we had that historic victory uh, after the tragic killing of George Floyd and, you know, CK, we were working with our brother Keith Ellison, in Minneapolis, the Attorney General, and we all got excited. We thought that this was a watershed moment that finally we were going to have police held accountable. It was the first time in history that I had ever seen where you had police officers walk into a courtroom and pierce the blue 
a wall of silence. I mean, you had officers saying that what Derek Chauvin did when he killed uh, George Floyd did not re- represent their values or their ethics. And you said, wow, man, is there a change in America? But just like, but just like when they tried to argue reverse discrimination, they act like the problem was solved because we have one significant uh, equal justice moment in America. And, I mean, everybody let their guard down. And when we get complacent and we forget that the struggle continues, then we're going to see things like this happen where you have more privatizing of police. When I say that, what I mean, Ms. Jackson, to your audience, is you have police officers now doing everything, or law enforcement, they're serving warrants. They're dealing with, uh, uh, interacting with mentally ill people having a mental health crisis. They are trying to uh, make sure the city can make their budget by pulling people over for traffic tickets. And what we know from far too many people, whether it's Philip Loyola, CK, you remember the brother in Grand Rapids, Michigan, the African brother who had, I mean, a traffic citation, driving while black. He's in flip-flops with his pants coming down, walking away from the police, and he gets shot, uh, shot in the back of the head. We have instances of Robert Adams, who was cited in that Guardian article, who clearly on the video, you see him running away from the undercover police in an unmarked vehicle, and they shoot him multiple times in the back. And certainly you think of Jalen Walker, who was clearly running away from the police when they shot him over 100 times. So more times than not, when you create situations where police are going to interact with people, especially people of color, the implicit bias, rears its ugly head over and over again, and that proves fatal in many instances, disproportionately when it's black people. And I don't even have to bring up our sister Breonna Taylor and them serving these no-not warrants because they're not serving these no-not warrants on our white brothers and sisters. We know they're serving them on people in our community, and it is so foreseeable when you're kicking over somebody's door in the middle of the night, that it could lead to deadly force, a matter of life and death, as the police like to call it. But they forget, C.K. Hopper, that they created the situation. Absolutely. You know, and, and and they do create the situation, Attorney Crump, and of course, Attorney C.K. Hoffler will have legal Q&A with C.K. at the top of the hour. But I, let me pose this question to you, Attorney Crump, and to you, Attorney C.K. Hoffler. How is it in these two cases you cited? You're shot in the back, so you're going away. <laughs> you're not trying to shoot over your shoulder. You're shot in the back. You're trying to get away from this. And you're shot in your head. Why do you, why do you shoot someone? Are they shooting to kill? It appears to be that way to me. I don't understand this. Attorney well, C.K. Crump, attorney, I mean, attorney Crump, Attorney C.K. Hoffler. I mean, I'm gonna whoever wants to take a bite at the apple. Well, I want to defer my brother on this because we have him for a, a short period of time. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, they are shooting to kill. But I'm gonna I'm gonna punt this question to to the legendary Ben Crump so that the world can hear him on this show and his views on this. Ben, what do you think about that? 
I absolutely think uh, that they are shooting to kill because that's how they are trained. And so much of it is this training with this judgment because I never, ever want to be accused of not speaking truth to power when I get an opportunity to do so. And, and Ms. Jackson, you know, you're powerful. So when I get this opportunity, i got to speak truth to power with the fact that police officers have this training and they're supposed to be trained to de-escalate situations. And they can de-escalate situations just fine when they want to, a la January 6th. I mean, you had these white uh, supremacist groups charging the Capitol, the citadel of our democracy. I mean, they are performing an insurrection, terrorists. And you see how the police were de-escalating when it was white people committing crimes? But Begging them to stop. Black, yeah. <laughs> Would they have anything if that were uh, black activists coming in the Capitol. I mean, we, we didn't even have to be storming the Capitol. We could have been protesting and made them feel threatened because, remember, that's what qualified immunity in many regards talk about, where you got to look at it from the police perspective. Did he feel a subjective threat? And I have yet to understand, uh, Ms. Jackson, how you can feel threatened when somebody's running away from you. I mean, that is the height of hypocrisy. I felt in fear of my life because somebody running away from me, so I got to shoot to kill. And that's what underscores these horrific statistics for 2022, the fact that the police shot so many times. People of color, they shot a lot of people, but disproportionately black people. And they always said, well, it was because I was in fear of my life. And when you think about it, they start to use our skin color as a reason to fear. And so they shoot first and they ask questions later. And that is something we have to deal with. And the fact that they never, ever see the problem with the police, they continue to increase their budgets. They try to blame the community. They try to blame the victim. And I worry so much about the brothers and sisters who get caught up in this racist matrix. I mean, I think, CK, I think about your two princesses, because it's mostly black men that they're doing this to. And you think about them and you think, it doesn't matter how intelligent my son is. It doesn't mm. matter how articulate my brother is. It doesn't matter how bright the future is for my uh, nephew. When that police pulls them over, he sees black skin and what society has told him from the courtroom. I'm not talking about just what they are saying in the neighborhood, but the courtroom has told that police officer that it is okay to use deadly force, and we will sort it out later. Blacks are three and a half times more likely to die from police violence than white Americans. There is a racial component to it. When people say that race doesn't matter and, well, you know, it's not just a white-black thing, what do you say, Attorney Crump? I say that 
they are not parents of black children. We pray every day our children leave the house that the people who are supposed to protect and serve them won't kill them. And so we have to remind our white brothers and sisters of what the great civil rights icon Ella Baker said. You know, the sister, Miss Jackson, I know you know, who uh, helped start student nonviolent. Uh, She was like the godmother of all the young people who wanted to push Dr. King and and their elders. You know, that's that's my parents' generation. They were they were they were part of the push, 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 push group. Exactly. And what she said so passionately, CK, is that until white mothers cried just as hard for little black boys who were killed by the police as they with their own children, then this problem is never going to be solved because white people don't see a problem with police killing uh, unarmed citizens or killing citizens who don't pose a threat because they're not killing their children. They're not killing their family. They're killing marginalized people of color disproportionately. And we have to keep making the case. We have to continue to uh, speak truth to power, even when they say it's inconvenient, even when they say it's unnecessary, even when they say they're just tired of hearing us black people talk about black lives do matter. We have to speak louder because obviously the message isn't getting through. And when you look at these statistics, you think about George Floyd and how everybody in the world talked about him. But since George Floyd was murdered on May uh, 21st, 2020, there has been over 20,000 people killed by the police. And that is a startling statistic when you think about it. That is unbelievable. And I'm trying to find out what about the misclassifications? You know, CK, as I was reading the Lancet study, uh, Attorney Crump, uh, the numbers really should be higher. There's, they've been studying this for 40 years, from 1980 to 2018. And the numbers really are much higher because they've misclassified or they've, or these, or these shootings, these killings, hangings in prison and in, in jail. They go unreported. Mm-hmm. How do they go unreported? Can I say this real and how are they misclassified? Uh, can I say this real quick before yes. uh, my mentor starts up? You know, when CK and I were going to the White House trying to get the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act passed, and, and she was so passionate as president of the, uh, the National Bar Association and really, really trying to get some systemic change, they told us that they got pushback from the other side of the aisle with just trying to have the Department of Justice keep records, keep documentation of who the police were killing, how they were killing them, and why they were killing them. They don't even want to keep official records, Ms. Jackson, of police officers killing black people because they know they would be ashamed of what the data would show. And I, that was just unbelievable, CK, as we talked to those senators from 
the other side of the aisle that they didn't even want to know the information. Well, they want to suppress about- it. I mean, because Absolutely. I'm like, they, they know. I think they're suppressing CK and attorney. Uh, I'm suppressing. And, you know, this is this is an old, old tactic. I mean, this is not a new thing, but it's an old tactic. But it was so great to hear. You know, it's one thing when you know what's happening. It's another thing to hear people articulate that they don't want to know that information. And there are, there, there's so many, you know, hundreds of thousands of George Floyds out there. And as I always said, the difference was, we saw a man being murdered by the police on video because a child had the courage to film it. That's the difference. That's what sparked, well, that, and of course, having attorney Ben Crump as an advocate, that's what sparked the change internationally where there were cries that it's got to stop. But, you know, I wanna, Ben said something that is my, my, the way I wake up and go to sleep every morning, I pray that my kids are not shot. I mean, this is mm-hmm. an incredible, it's, it's, it's almost the unthinkable, the unfathomable for any mother to wake up as hard as I've worked my whole life, like all of us work, to wake up, Chaparral, and to say to myself, Lord, today, let it not be my child. I pray that my boys are safe mm-hmm. and are not shot mm-hmm. and killed. That is my prayer. That is my wish. When they were stopped by the police, I thought at that moment, I knew there was less than a 50% chance that my children would survive just being stopped by the police because they were driving my vehicle. So it is real, but I agree, Ben, what you said, until white mothers feel that pain, understand what it is like for a black mother who has sons, Every single day, not Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or every other week or every other month. Every single day, you live that reality in this country, particularly. So it's it's the unreported cases. I'm sure if there were an investigation to look into those, they would probably mirror the reported cases. But the bottom line is not having a George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, a real police um, reform effort, comprehensive, is only going to continue, Ben, like we know, to result in these numbers. Because the bad police, we're not reflecting on the good law enforcement, but the bad law enforcement that are really just feeling more empowered, emboldened to shoot before thinking, to do, to, to increase these numbers. That's how I look at it. There is nothing, there's literally nothing stopping them from continuing this. Well, you know, we've got two minutes, C.K. You know, we got two minutes before before we lose Attorney Crump. And I can't thank you enough, my dear sister, for bringing him on with us um, today. I, I dare not call him at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> I dare not call this Omega Man sending you much Delta <laughs> love today. If anybody can get me, it's going to be uh, C.K. because... <laughs> like your father and all of us know, when we uh, need her, she always answers the bell for us. I, I will say this uh, in closing, if I could, Miss Jackson. Mm-hmm. It goes back to all of us have a role to play as we come up on the uh, recognition of Dr. King's day. And Congressman Hakeem Jeffrey, our good NBA member, BK, mm-hmm. and I were talking. And we were talking about, man, 
if we have the House of Representatives right now and the Senate gaining one more extra vote, because all our efforts would not be futile like it was back in uh, 2021 when we made so many trips to Washington, D.C., trying to get police reform because we understood that if this did not happen at this moment in time, that was our moment, that it was going to be a long time before we got that opportunity again and try to prevent what we saw happen in 2022. Because just like when we had the election of the first black president, uh, President Obama, and we all celebrated, and then we let down our guard and the Pentium swung way over to President Donald Trump. And that's what I see happening now in America. They, they're they letting this Pentium swing back to say that, oh, we're going to blame everything happening in society on marginalized poor people, and then we're going to use police violence to make us sleep easier at night. And we're not going to care about how many people we kill because right now the narrative is that we need the police more than ever when it's so untrue. I mean, crime was down in many cities. When you look at other reports in The Guardian and other uh, uh, news papers, but yet they don't want you to believe that. They want you to believe that the reason the police got to shoot and kill so many uh, people, marginalized people, is because we got to be tough on crime. And they keep saying that over and over again. Why can't we be tough on making sure people's constitutional rights are enforced? Why can't we be tough on making sure that people can get jobs and that they can get mental health counseling versus when it's black people, it's always a criminal issue. I mean, we can have this conversation mm-hmm. on and on because we start talking about the sentencing disparity between how they treated black people in our community when it was crack versus how they treat white people with opioids because they found a way to intellectualize and the justification of discrimination in America every day, all day. And that is our battle. Attorney Ben Crump, the people's attorney, the people's lawyer. Love you so much. Sending my Omega man some Delta love today. Coming up, Attorney C.K. Hoffler. Oh, absolutely. Attorney C.K. Hoffler, legal Q&A with C.K. We're talking about Biden, the classified documents, the Trump case in in Georgia. Back with more of the Santita Jackson Show in just a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show. WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station, and AM 950 radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. Go 
to the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel, please, and like and subscribe there. And go to the Santita Jackson and Friends page. We are streaming live. We are streaming live. We just spoke with Attorney Ben Crump. Thank you, Attorney C.K. Hoffler. As we go into legal Q&A with C.K. as we talk politics and accountability today, uh, what's happening with uh, the Trump election case? And uh, that's okay. The, the investigation is wrapped up. Will there be indictments? What about the classified documents from then Vice President Biden that were in that were still in the office on Ukraine, on the UK, from and Iran? There's just a lot going on. So let's get right to some of these headlines. Call us at 773-763-9278-773-763 WCPT. And I do hope that you will meet us at the MLK Breakfast Group. At the Marriott Marquis, please call 773-FREEDOM, 773-FREEDOM, get your ticket. They are running out fast. In Chicago, it's already rainy, everybody. 46 degrees will be the high, scattered showers. Minneapolis, St. Paul, 33 degrees. Snow with some sleet. The NFL was off last night. In the NBA, the Bulls will be playing the Wizards tonight. The Timberwolves will be playing the Pistons. And then in the NHL, the Rangers for the Wild Three, everybody. Uh, there's a study that shows that Chicago is the most congested city in the country. Not L.A., not New York. What happened, Chicago? Oh, we got to get better. In recent months, back-to-back extreme weather events like floods, tornadoes, and hurricanes, according to CNN, have caused catastrophic damage across the United States to the tune of $165 billion. And on that note, at least 17 people have died in California as a result of the winter storms that have battered the state, according to Governor Gavin Newsom. From north to south in the Golden State this week, heavy downpours have caused mudslides, sinkholes, and desperate rescues, praying for our brothers and sisters there. Ukrainian troops are set to begin training on the Patriot missile system in the United States, everybody, in Oklahoma. Mm. The U.S. military's COVID vaccine mandate. For troops has been officially rescinded. It is ended. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin said in a memo Tuesday night, the requirement to remove the mandate was viewed as a win for conservative lawmakers who would argue that it was hindering the military's recruitment efforts. After Southwest Airlines experienced a meltdown that scuttled holiday travel for hundreds of thousands of travelers, federal officials say they're now acting on thousands of complaints from their customers. In the meantime, from Common Dreams, we find out that many of their top executives received promotions after this. Wow. GOP right-wingers attorney C.K. Hoffler have filed nearly 100 anti-voter lawsuits in 2022. And those are just some of the headlines on the Santita Jackson Show. You know, we've been pushing for financial freedom, everybody. Do you have bad credit, poor credit, no credit, credit card debt? Are you trying to get a credit card? You know what? You need to call Team Hochberg. They can help you to do that, everybody. If you're using that debit card, you are on the wrong page. You need a credit card, and you need to establish a solid credit history, even if you don't have one. If you get in touch with them, they will help you to rebuild your credit or to build your credit. If you want to purchase a new home, refinance your existing home. If you've been turned down for loans, let them help you. If you need to get that credit card debt down, don't negotiate with those companies yourself. Let Team Hochberg do it. That's what happened with Tom and Sonia. Two kids struggling to pay their mortgage, 17 credit cards, $100,000 worth of debt on those cards. And that is not hard to do, everybody. Well, they said, okay. Team Hochberg, it sounds too good to be true, 
but I'll call them anyway. And they got a free consultation, and the team returned with a plan for them. And guess what? They're now sailing out of debt. They cut their credit card payments by nearly $3,000, my more than $2,800, my more than $2,800, everybody, per month. And they were able to save their home by securing a loan for them. That could be you, everybody. Call 855-56-DAVID, 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com, 56david.com, so that you can get on the road to financial freedom. Everybody, there is so much going on in this world today. I don't even know where to start. We find out in Georgia, uh, as you know, President Trump was saying, you know, I just need a few more votes to get me over the hump because all I need is 11,000 plus votes. If you just find a few more votes for me, I can win. Well, that's election tampering, right? And so now the investigation is over. What will happen next? What will happen next? We're going to be talking about that. But also now we're looking at the Mar-a-Lago documents, and that runs into this buzzsaw uh, called the documents that they have found on Vice President Biden. Yeah, when he was when he left the White House, um, it turns out that uh, that he had some documents, too, on Ukraine, of all places, and the U.K. and Iran. And they're all kind of in the same pot right now. And um, we had John Nichols, the national correspondent for The Nation, very progressive. He said, no, this is serious, everybody. We don't know what happened, but this is serious. This is not a partisan issue. Whenever these top-secret documents leave a top-secret secured place, we ought to be concerned. We're looking at accountability now. Legal Q&A with CK. Let's start with Georgia and and let's just kind of wrap this around because I want us to get, you know, from everybody on the panel, CK, um, and I know you do, just their thoughts about all of this stuff. It's to CK every day. It's a new story. <laughs> it's just, and it seems like the powerful of being held to account, CK. Well, you know, Santita, we just talked in the last segment about police accountability, police brutality, and the rising numbers. But here today, you know, living in Georgia has been great in many respects, but I just see more extraordinary things being done in Georgia from a political standpoint than I've seen at any other time, um, frankly, in history. And so leading the way are the very significant efforts of the Fulton County District Attorney, Fonnie Willis, to investigate the election, potential election fraud and other irregularities that would, in essence, hold former President Trump and his allies and others close to him accountable or hold their feet to the fire for trying to um, defraud the people of Georgia by, some people say, stealing the election in Georgia. And um, as we know, the then-sitting Secretary of State, who was a Republican, and an ally of President Trump, turned over a tape recording and other information to the sitting um, District Attorney, Fonnie Willis, where President Trump is really asking for him to manipulate the system. This is how I read it manipulate, figure out how to do it, find over 11,000 votes so I can win Georgia. And he turned that evidence over and that, um, from that, we saw there's a grand jury investigation. Now the grand jury has completed its work and has issued a report. And from that report, we will know based on the evidence presented at this juncture, whether the district attorney office um, headed by VA Fonnie Willis will move for indictment. 
So that's where things are. So there has been strong movement. And many are speculating on, you know, there's a lot of speculation on both sides as to whether there will be, whether the district attorney's office will go forward. Now, one thing I do know about Bonnie Willis, she's tough, she's tenacious, and she's not at all faced by the mounting criticism by Donald Trump and his allies. Not at all. Not at all. It's not dissuading her. It's not changing her approach. She's about the business, and she always has been about the business. She's laser-focused, and she's not to be deterred. So if the evidence is there, my prediction, and depending upon what the grand jury report says, of course, she's going to go forward with it, and we will see indictments. And that will be interesting. It will be history-making, because even though we've got in New York, we've got some parallel actions. You know, the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, also has her work that she's doing, and we have some of the um, district attorneys there um, that have already reached resolution in some cases against the Trump organizations. I think in terms of criminal prosecutions, perhaps, what's happening in Fulton County is the most advanced activity that's happening out there. We don't know what the Justice Department will do from the findings of the January 6th committee, the congressional um, committee that did, I thought, a yeoman's effort, a very, very fine job at peeling back the onion and, and giving to the American public exactly what happened on January 6th and connecting the dots straight up to former President Donald Trump and his allies and his friends. So we don't know what's going to happen, but I think Georgia is close. And it would be record-breaking, groundbreaking, historical if we had a sitting county district attorney to indict a former president for criminal activity. And that's what it would amount to. Well, you know, C.K., I want to spread out the questioning amongst the panel. Well, I'd love to hear what Dwight McKee has to say about this. You know, we've talked about this on the show, mm-hmm. but we're closer now than we've ever been. So I'd love to hear what Dwight McKee has to say about it. Morning, uh, Professor. You're always so thorough and so, so organized in your thoughts. Uh, you know, my position is be careful what you ask for because I, I think we have to get less emotional and much more strategic in our approach to this because when you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. And what uh, the Republicans are setting up to do is to go tit for tat. And whenever they find a situation like they found with the Biden situation, that he too also has some classified documents. They're going to use that as to, 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 to beat over the head all Democrats who raise those issues with Trump. And there is a there there. So you'll just know in that Biden situation is that if he's been holding documents about the Ukraine and there is a possibility that his son had done business at the Ukraine and got paid from the Ukraine and that Biden then went over there to the Ukraine to try to intervene in the government when he was the vice president. And now they will have a a, a pretext to be able to examine that. And then they will then tie into the fact that he supported the Ukraine during this war with the fact that his son got paid. You have to be very careful with these situations 
because nobody is pristine on either side of the aisle in these situations. So I'm afraid that, you know, we're running the risk that we'll begin to open a harness nest that we won't be able to contain. I really think it's going to translate this wrong way. Uh, uh, I think what they should have done is they should have peeled off about 10 votes and given them to McCarthy and put him in office. And Democrats? Taken, yes, ma'am. Mm. And taken the control from the right-wing Republicans who now have negotiated themselves into all these key positions. And they negotiated themselves that one of their votes can take McCartney out. Had the Democrats been strategic, they would have peeled off some votes for McCartney, taking that control out of the hands of the conservative Republicans, and further open up the process. So now five people don't control the process, which is what we're looking at, you know, going into this this next uh, venture. Hmm. Well, you know, Dwight McKee is always, we, we, we've always recognized Dwight McKee, McKee's brilliance, strategic mind, historic perspective. He's always spot on with whatever he says. And that's why when we, I want to call you Uncle Dwight. I, I really do, because whenever <laughs> we call him, he's always spot on. And, it, and it's such a joy. You know, I think I, I think he's absolutely right, Santita, in terms of we have to be careful what we wish for. I think it's bad, if you want my opinion, across the board for any president to hold classified documents. That is not good. That's ill-advised. It's not a good thing. It's not a good look. It wasn't a good look for President Trump, and it's not a good look for President Biden. I draw a slight distinction in this. What do you do? when it is brought to your attention. That's the difference between the two. Again, we start with the premise, it's not good. It is not good. And as a result, we are going to have, we have all of these committees that have been formed, some of them specifically designed to investigate everything that President Biden does and that his family is doing. They are going to say, you did this to President Trump, we're gonna do it to President Biden. That's what these committees are about. And they're already formed. They had, this was a preconceived notion. That's why it took 14 rounds, in my impression, for Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House, because they wouldn't let up until these committees that they felt could bring down President Biden would be formed so they could move forward with that agenda. So it's going to be a mess. But I do think there is a slight distinction. It's like a footnote starting from, you know, it's bad that, that there were these classified documents that that, you know, President Biden had. But when he discovered them, he turned them over. When when President Trump, when he discovered them, when they brought it to his attention, he was like, get out of my face. I'm not thinking about y'all, and I'm not doing anything. You better, I mean, and that's a very, he did. You better get out of my face. I dare you. I double dare you. I triple dare you. Come on, my property. See what happens. That's what Ooh. President Trump, former President Trump did. Double dare, triple dare, get out of my face. I'll shoot you. I'll kill you. All of these things. And, and for the listeners, I don't mean literally he said, I'll shoot you, I'll kill you. I'm, 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 I'm giving you in jest what he did. I don't want there to be a headline that people accuse him. No, in jest, that's what he did. He, he, he 
turned away and said, I'm not doing anything. They're my doctors. I'll do what I want. I'm president. I was former president. Y'all stole the election. I'm keeping them. That's it. And that attitude, that approach was why we had the mess at Mar-a-Lago. And actually, it wasn't messy, but why we had the mess that ensued when the FBI went to Mar-a-Lago to get those classified documents. Months of negotiation with the Trump team failed because he was not going to allow them to do anything. Whereas we should know that President Biden, upon being notified, immediately turned over those documents. That's kudos for him, but it's still funky that he had classified documents in the first place. And they're going to hold well, you know, not just the for that. Classified, but, but CK, not just classified documents. Documents relating to Ukraine, the UK, yeah. and Iran. Yep. When I saw that headline, it, I said, not, uh, no. And that's it's why not good. the mafia not good. is not approach. Mafia is not approach. Mafia is content. It's when you start talking about the Ukraine, there's a lot of there there. Because mm-hmm. it's just to me, I mean, of all of the documents you could have held on to, you held on to documents about Ukraine, and there's already some belief that your son had already gone in and cut a deal, gotten paid a half a million dollars about Ukraine to be on a, 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 a committee, uh, be on a board of directors in an industry that he knew nothing about, and that then, as vice president, you went in and negotiated with the Ukrainians to take the investigations that they were having against your son off the table, and then you figure out how to give them uh, $20, $30, 40000000000 billion to fight a war that you'll, you know, early in your son have profited from. Um, my fear is not how the response was. My fear is the content. And I think that if things are not, you know, don't line up the, the correct way, this really can't take back now. It's my belief. Well, I, I, I definitely believe it's his Achilles heel. And again, it's not good for any sitting former president to do that. When you're able to connect the dots as they're able to connect the dots straight up to former President Trump with the January 6th events, that insurrection, that coup d'etat, they're able to connect it directly. They're not touching him. It's not good. They're not touching him on that. He's like, like, what? What is that? Yeah, right. It's not right. It's not good either way. So I, I think, but, but what I will say, the shiny star, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Great. He's going to be a great leader in the House. And he's coming at a time when, there's, when we're going to need to have some great leadership because this is going to be an incredible mess. Is Aaron Connolly on the line, um, Santita? I think my sister. Yeah, but you know what? We only have one minute. We only have one minute. So we're going to come back to Aaron and to Attorney Daryl Jones because I know they're chomping at their bits. They want to jump in this yeah. conversation. And we cannot wait to hear what Aaron's got to say, what uh Daryl Jones, Attorney Daryl Jones, Jones, and Attorney Aaron Connolly. Can't wait to hear what you all have to say about this because it's, you know, you want to play the game by one set of rules, and it seems that it, it just seems that some people are accountable, held, account, held, held to account, and others are not. Um, and 
And everything's being put on the table right now. So I want you to call us at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. We want to know what your thoughts are about these cases and where you think they're going to go. Legal Q&A with CK on the Santita Jackson Show, 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. Hey, everybody, the MLK Breakfast Rainbow Push at the Marriott Marquis. You don't want to miss it. There are just a few tickets left, so call them at 773-FREEDOM. It's always, always, always a wonderful breakfast. You'll have Judge Mathis there, and you will also have Cheryl Lee Ralph. That's right, the dream girl, the, the Emmy winner. Yay! They will be at the breakfast along with so many other people, and you need to be there, too. Call us at 773-763-9278 so we can talk about these cases and what do you think is going to happen next. Stay right here on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel so you can talk to Attorney C.K. Hoffler, Dwight McKee, Attorney Aaron Connolly, and Attorney Daryl Jones right here on the Santita Jackson Show. Back in a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show. Boy, we have got a whole lot going on in legal Q&A with CK. We're talking about uh, the Trump election case in Georgia. The investigation is over. Will there be indictments? What's going to happen? The grand jury has convened. Will there be a trial? What's going to happen, everybody? Everybody wants to know. And then we look at the Biden documents uh, that were kept at the pen at, at the Biden Penn Center. University of Pennsylvania has an office in Washington. Of course, he has been affiliated with them since he uh, was no longer vice president. And you find that the documents among them, there were a lot of personal items like, you know, family stuff. But then it was the Ukraine. It was the UK and um, the Ukraine, UK and Iran. And wow, CK. Well, you know, Santita, the fact that those documents were found and they were turned over, which was the right thing to do, but the fact that they were found and they were held and they were kept um, is going to create a super duper hot mess um, because the Republicans are going to take that and run and use that as a basis, I believe, of trying um, to impeach the president. But I'd love to hear what Aaron Connolly and Daryl Jones have to say about this, because um, I know that they are waiting and we're waiting to hear their thoughts. Aaron, starting with you. Good morning, CK. Good morning, Santita. And good morning to this wonderful panel. And of course, the morning stars on Facebook and YouTube and listening on WCPT. Um, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to comment on this what I see is a massive hypocrisy. And I know CKU, Dwight, and Santita spoke about that, but, but that cannot be ignored here. What, what we see with these, uh, you know, disclosures and um, accountability from the Biden administration is completely different from a uh, amount of the level of uh, the amount of things that were found, the intention behind them, where they were found, what what they were disclosing. And I also want to talk about the element of who they were shared with, right? Having incidental 
mistaken items is completely different than holding them in your office, showing them off to potentially the highest bidder, and having crates of, of these, this classified information. So when we look at this specific incident in uh, dealing with President Biden, and we compare and contrast it to what President Trump has done with a, a blatant disregard for not only historical, historically important um, items taken from the White House <laughs> that are alleged, but the intention and the amount of classified information, how that has been disseminated among his his non um, non government staff, and and how he views that in general, it's it's a it's a hypocritical is is not enough to talk about what what we see here, right? And now we're seeing Republicans say that they are going to impeach President Biden over something that they would have uh, basically said is is like taking a, a, a fountain pen out of the office by accident when we look at at President Trump. It my brain can't can't wrap around this in a way in a meaningful way. Um, maybe Daryl Jones, you can you can talk me through where they think there's there's a difference here, or how um, you know the le- the accountability immediately taken by the president is in like stark contrast to what we saw with the Trump administration. Daryl, well, that is that is true. That is true. But but Daryl, maybe you could shed some light on. Uh, it's true. All that Aaron said is true. But they're going to take this and run. Take it and run. This is going to be their new quest to get rid of Biden. But Daryl, and you know, CK, I think that you're 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 right on point. And I think the thing that uh, people have to remember is that the the new uh, Republican Congress is coming in, and they've already formed a, a new committee, right, where they want to talk about the weaponization of the U.S. government and how it's how it's being used to go after elected officials. And so when we start stepping into this new environment that they're creating, it, it really does uh, ring uh, a lot of questions to the to the table. And when we talk, start talking about, you know, and I hear, you know, the argument with regards to the uh, what I'll call the self-reporting uh, of the documents that were found uh, by, uh, by, I guess, then Vice President Biden's uh, personal information in the locked office or a locked closet, I think is the terminology that uh, the president used. And I appreciate the self-reporting. I really do. You know, I understand as well uh, with regards to the four subpoenas and the number of times before uh, the government and the FBI went down to Mar-a-Lago to get uh, former President Trump's stuff from him. I understand all of that. My question, though, becomes a little more basic. How are these documents getting released like this? And and why is there no accountability with regard to where the documents are? Shouldn't they know? that these documents are out and haven't been returned? I mean, that that's one of the real basic questions uh, that I, I think needs to be addressed. And, you know, and I put that up there with this question. How is it that the IRS was, was you know, was tasked with the responsibility of following former president tax, uh, the former president's tax returns? And that never uh, came into place. That auditing never occurred. So there are a lot of simple uh, mechanical issues that are at play here that need to be addressed. And the scary part to me is that you know, when we talk about, you know, we're just coming off the January 6th and the January 6th commission and, and all the uh, folks that are talking about all the conspiracy theories and all this other stuff, if you have a distrust of government and, and how it functions 
and you're seeing this now play out, not just for the Republicans, but also now apparently for for the Democrat perhaps as well. It, it just seems to uh, light that fuse and, and, and certainly give some credence to the fact of what's going on with the government that it cannot police itself. It cannot, I think uh, CK, you said it, is having problems with accountability. And that's where I sort of see this coming from. So, yeah, you know, I do see the situations as different because uh, in the Biden situation, it was self-reporting. Uh, in the Trump situation, it was one where, you know, they had to go through all the FBI, all of those uh, warrants and everything else, and the lies from attorneys that that stuff didn't exist and what did exist, all of that. There are differences. But the key piece to, to it to me is that there's a similarity with regards to what's going on with our top secret documents that we don't seem to have that type of accountability and the, and the ability to, to uh, have that mechanism to know where they are and what's going on with them. That, that's sort of my view of it very quickly. Well, CK, we well, you know, these callers. Well, I, I will say this before we take our first caller. On my show on WAOK in Atlanta yesterday, we had a spirited caller. She identified herself, look, I'm a Trump supporter through and through. And she said, I want to talk about the weaponization of the government. And she used terminology and threw in Dr. King's name and used terminology of how President Trump and others are being are victimized the same way that, you know, civil rights leaders, Dr. King and others. And she's called in before to to say this and how the government is on a witch hunt. But that is true. I mean, just because it's happening to the right wing and they're complaining about it and they conducted it the last time, it is true. That the, I mean, the FBI was, was weaponized and it's still weaponized against black people today. It still is. They, they don't, they don't well, investigate these so terrorists, these domestic terrorists. Right. They go well, after Black Lives Matter. Who does that? Right. Well, she didn't go so far as talking about black people and Black Lives Matter. That was not her point. She wouldn't, just she wouldn't go that far. But when, I'm talking about the people you know, whose organizations they infiltrate. They don't infiltrate. I mean, please, they were the Oath Keepers. Absolutely. What? Absolutely. Oh. But her point, her point in this, in, in this was that, you know, this is nothing more than witch hunt. And by the way, what District Attorney Willis is doing is nothing more than a witch hunt. And Brad <laughs> Raffensperger was nothing more than, than, than part of a witch hunt. And he's a traitor and he's a this and that. So that is the narrative. And it is sticking with a lot of people. They believe it. They breathe it. They live it. And that's going to be how they persuade many Americans, because we are in a divided country, to go along with this narrative. So, you know, but I'd love to hear from the callers. But you know, know, this is the fight we have every week. Well, you know, but no, no, no. But as we as we go, as, as we go to the callers. This is also an America that does not, most Americans, the overwhelming majority, don't trust the government. They don't trust the media. They don't trust the, the people who are in authority and the institutions. That's what's Or the U.S. Supreme and, Court. They don't trust the well, Supreme None of it. None of it. None, none of it. That's why I, you know, I don't use, the, 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 the term conspiracy theory is insulting to me because that was coined by the CIA to get people off of looking at um, at the Kennedy assassination, and no one believes that story either. And by continuing to lie to the American people, it's destroying the country. It's hurting us. You can't have a government formed by the people if you don't trust it. Let me go to Dion. Dion, what's on your mind today, sweetie? Uh, Hello? Hey, Dion, what's on your mind? Oh, well, uh, about the... uh 
the documents that were uh, found in uh, Biden's office. Yeah. Uh, well, President Trump had missing documents, just the folders. So uh, I'm just putting out there that uh, maybe and possibly that uh, it might have been planted because uh, I can't just see him being a vice president and the office never being cleaned out, the closets never being looked in. Uh, before mm. he ran for president. Well, so, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I you, okay, now, do you know, but it's, it's what's very interesting also, but you know, there, there's been a lot in the wind. You just, you can't have oversight of everything. I mean, I think it's conceivable that, that the principals in any case, my father has an office, you hire people, you don't know everything that's going on up underneath you, and you can issue a dictate, and your staff can go in another different uh, can go in a different direction. But you know, you give us something to think about, Dion. Let me go to Howard. Howard, what's on your mind? Well, I first of all, I stand largely with uh, Aaron Connolly, and I'd like to point out that there are major differences between the Trump and Biden situations. First of all, there was the whole volume of documents involved. According to reports, it's le- with Biden, it's less than a dozen. Whereas with Trump, it's over 300. Mm-hmm. And as Aaron Conley pointed out, there's a the level of cooperation. Plus, there's what Barbara McQuaid pointed out, that there are four aggravating factors that cause the Justice Department to prosecute this type of situation. And Biden has none of them, and Trump has at least three out of four. Uh, so what needs to be done is to keep pointing out these differences because the Republicans are going to run their mouths no matter what. And it's just important to you know, hit back harder than they throw at us. Okay. All right. Well, let me go to, uh, let me go to Robert from Wisconsin. Robert, what's on your mind today? Good morning. Um, good morning. I have a very hey. different take on this. Happy New Year. Um, you know, I, I think... You know, um, everyone thinks that Hakeem Jeffries was a a genius by holding his caucus together. I I really think he had 14 missed opportunities. I think he should have worked with McCarthy and um, really kind of pierced the heart of this Freedom Caucus. A lot of these people were involved with January 6th and the coup attempt, and now they're sitting in Congress running committees. Um, You know, what we found out through this process is power protects its own. There's no accountability. So one area, uh, if we look at um, Clarence Thomas, his wife, Jenny Thomas, she was involved in this stuff up to her eyeballs. But because Liz Cheney was friends with the Thomases, she didn't have to testify under oath. Um, So really what I'd like to see, and I'm I'm unclear if the Senate still has subpoena power or not with uh, cinema flipping, but if they do, the unfinished business would be to investigate um, you know, the members in Congress that were involved with January 6th and the lead-up to it. Um, anyone that thinks this is over is, is fooling themselves. I mean, look at what just happened in Brazil with, with Bolsonaro trying to overthrow mm-hmm. the government. You know, it's it, Trump's playbook all over again. Uh, Lula clearly won that election, and you have Tucker Carlson on Fox News lying about it. And, you know, I mean, this this is seeming to be a global thing where we're trying to overthrow democracy. So... Really, I would like to see some accountability, you know, in some of these areas. So thanks a lot. No, no. And you know what? I think you, Dwight, he's sounding a lot like you. 
That's exactly what I said, is that strategically what they should have done is the Democrats should have cut a deal with McCartney, taken the radical Republicans off of the table, and he wouldn't have to give up his power nor give up those committee seats. It's, we have to get out of these emotions and start thinking strategically. It would have been a, a, a compromise for them, but it also would have been a, a uh, either had they would have had some leverage with him, and he'd have been owing them some favors, and then he could have it would have given him enough power and authority to neutralize that aggressive right wing faction, and not have to put them on the committees and not have to be saddled with them being in control. Had they done that, then we wouldn't run the risk of, we, the, the moderates would be more in charge, and we wouldn't have all these committee hearings that we're going to run into. Mm-hmm. But what we're going to run into now, boy, is the right wing is running the party, and the insane is in charge of the asylum. You know that is I th- I think that that's that's strategic thinking that's strategic that's strategic um and I think it would have it would have given democrats more leverage you're right in this upcoming congress you know one of the things I was uh and I had a disagreement with one of my guests well, I don't know he was I think he was saying that you know Jonathan doesn't really understand the hostility on the hill I'm like uh we're not new to this <laughs> we are true to this game but what Jonathan did when he got on the floor was introduce himself to people across the aisle. Yeah, he walked up to Marjorie Taylor Greene. How do you do, ma'am? I'm my, Jonathan Jackson, Matt Gates, and and on and on and and on and on and on and on, uh, because you, because you have to. I mean, nothing beats a failure but a try. You need to get to know everybody. And you saw Sheila Jackson Lee talking to Matt Gates. Well, they were trying to flip those votes. <laughs> I mean, these people are not just punching each other in the hallway, everybody. Let's be clear on that. It's a much more, there's a lot of hostility there, no question, but there is a lot of collegiality, too. And, and it's politics. And in politics, you do a lot of horse trading. And I think we need to be clear on that, Dwight and C.K. and Daryl and Aaron. I mean, because now, like you said, we're going to reap the whirlwind. Everything is on the table. They're going to investigate everything, everything, everything. And I'm just wondering where this is going to go. I mean, Dwight, how do you see this working out with all of these investigations? Uh, it's, uh, Doxley, it's going to be a hot mess. It's going to be a hot mess because, again, there's so much there, there. It's politics is, is, is. One thing about about politics, it's consistent. And with all the deals that have to be cut and all the compromises that have to be made, you can always find something in the closet. There's always a skeleton in somebody's closet. And what you're going to see with all these investigations is you're going to see uh, a landmine. You're going to see... You're going to see... Um, Things that we had no idea, that we thought were conspiracy, that there was a lot of, of reality behind it. You're going to see them go after Fauci 
and and uh, these this what went on with this uh, these diseases, and what happened in China, and we're going to be very surprised. We find out a lot of stuff we thought was crazy, ain't so crazy after all. And, and that's why I, I totally agree with the guy that just called. <clears throat> Some of this could have been avoided had we been very strategic. We lost 17 opportunities to cut a deal and to take Congress in a different direction because we were trying to play hardball and 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 didn't have the the ammo to play hardball. You're going to find a lot of things in this Ukrainian situation that's going to be a little shaky. And you're going to find a lot of people who got paid in the Ukrainian situations uh, in terms of corporate America. You're going to find that a little shaky, a little shady. Uh, this thing is going to get very, very, very deep, you all. And lastly, I think we have to begin to really get the emotions out and give Trump more credit. Trump is a player. He understands how this game is played. And be behind the eight ball every time. <clears throat> this guy is a strategist. He's a manipulator. He's an egotist. He's a narcissist. <clears throat> but he is a strategist, and he understands how the game is played. True. CK, you said true. Uh, I said I said true. Uncle Dwight, true. Well, I mean, well, you know, because I guess when you're in the courtroom, um, and I've seen you, you are masterful in the courtroom. Um, you will, you'll tell us about the judge. You'll tell us about the people on the prosecutorial team or on the defense team. You know all the pieces. I mean, but if you're really in a in a band, and if you're, I mean, really, really, really deep into the music. You know what the drummer's supposed to play, the guitarist, the bassist. You know, you know what everybody's supposed to be playing, and th- therefore where you fit in. And I- I'm wondering if, if we are really thinking that strategically, moving forward. CK, we've got about three and a half minutes. Well, Santita, I think I don't know that we're thinking strategically, but I think in the moment we were thinking of. I think Congressman Jeffries was thinking of how can he maintain a position and keep his party together, which he did. Mm -hmm. Um, At that moment, the Republicans were so splintered, so were fighting so much amongst themselves. They were looking. It was just a bad look for them and a bad look for this country. But ultimately, there probably were missed opportunities. But this is where we are now. And we have to brace ourselves for, I think, a holy mess. But despite the holy mess, we still have to keep our eye on the prize and remember these members of Congress have to remember why they were elected. And it's going to be up to the people, the electorate, the folks who elected these members to keep to hold their feet to the fire. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's what's got to happen. Hold the members' feet to the fire and remind them of why they were elected because all of this fighting and all these committees and all these commissions designed to bring down government are going to create a greater mess and completely destroy our democracy. We're fighting. It's already fighting. We're on the last breath to begin with, but it's going to completely destroy our democracy. And the question is going to be, what can we do? Because we got to do something. We can't sit by and just allow 
everything to be destroyed. So what can we do? I think people have to go back and hold their Congress people, their elected officials, feet to the fire and still push for reforms. I mean, I don't think there'll be a complete stalemate, but I think it's going to be a mess, a complete mess. Well, you know what? I think you know what? I think I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go this way. I think it's going to be messy. There's no question, but I think we're going to learn a lot. You're going to learn all the things that you you're going to learn a lot. You're going to learn how the sausage yeah. is made, and that is never pleasant. I've got uh, I've got 30 seconds for you, Aaron. 30 and 30 for you, Attorney Daryl Jones. Well, I just want to reiterate something that that Dwight said. He's he's absolutely right that Trump and his entire organization for many years have operated like a mafia-like organization. And we can't underestimate that when we look at how the House and the Senate Republicans have governed and how they maintain their message. Um, We also have to recognize that there was no deal to be cut by the Democrats in in this House battle, that that would have, I believe, created more chaos um, that would have been detrimental to to the Democratic cause. Um, But we are dealing with a mafia mentality, and we can't underestimate that in any way, right? So things that seem out of bounds may be completely within bounds operating in this mindset, and we have to adjust our defenses and strategy accordingly. Amen to that. Daryl Jones, 30 seconds for you. And, of course, you're on WOL every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time with Barbara Arnwine. Had to put that in. Yeah, and and thank you for that, Santita. And I I certainly agree with what uh, Aaron and uh, Uncle Dwight have have laid out with regards to, you know, what's happening uh, in this situation and in this particular moment in time. The one thing that, you know, I would just want to lift up and, and, and the whole close is that you know we we know that we see the weaponization that's coming from this uh, from this uh, House of Representatives with regards to investigations, and the one thing we want to be certain where we remind uh, we remain faithful with and, and mindful of is that we're going to see eventually one branch of government, the House of Representatives, to try to use their power to gain traction uh, in the White House race and to and to make Biden bring Biden down some and I think that's a part of what we're going to be seeing happening over these uh over these next two years. So, you know, let's just stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Get the popcorn, CK. I got fifteen seconds for you. We gotta get out of here. Get the popcorn. But we still gotta <laughs> fight. We have to see we have to see what's happening. Still gotta fight. We gotta go back to basics. <laughs> and um everybody on this call from Uncle Dwight to Daryl, to Santee, to you, to Aaron, we're all fighters in the trenches in, in our respective roles. And then we got to add Ben Crump, too. we got to keep Absolutely. on fighting for accountability. Well, I you know what, everybody? Be the path. I want everyone to stay right here. We're going to get some just a few more thoughts from this panel on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. Henry, thank you for a great show. Ben Crump, Dr. Shanina Knighton, Attorney C.K. Hoffler, Attorney Daryl Jones, Attorney Erin Connolly, and Dwight McKee. You all make the show what it's supposed to be. And, of course, Pastor Vicki Johnson. I'm Santita Jackson. God bless you, everybody. Stay right here on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. You know you want to hear what else is going to happen here. Love you, everybody. Have a great day.